deep in the hearts of the Welsh valleys, a young man had dis- a deceptively young and unfathomably handsome man had decided that it was his destiny to become the greatest dog agility handler the world had ever seen. So he set about learning his craft. His front crosses were crisper than a dry December morning in the Brecon Mountains. His ketchkas were slicker than a boiled pigeon in a rubber tube sock. The intensity, accuracy and speed and natural flamboyance he brought far surpassed anything the sport had ever seen and would ever likely see again. The time was approaching where he would be ready to shine on the world stage and begin his legacy. But he realised, to win any battle you must first know your enemy. Welcome along everyone for another episode of Know Your Enemy and this week we have James Adams on the podcast. Some of you might be familiar with James and you might be a little bit concerned that you might not be able to hear him because of how small he is. But rest assured we've mic'd him up and you should hear him just fine. James is a talented agility handler that's just come back from the European Open with two medals from his dog Willow and is just about to embark on the Agility World Championships in the Czech. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Before we dive into today's episode, I just want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, the Karma Fitness Academy. If you've been thinking about taking your fitness to the next level and you compete in dog agility, then this might be the website to suit you. Karma Fitness Academy is your one-stop destination for top-notch training and resources. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting in agility, we've got something to suit you and the goals that you are aiming for. From specialized courses down to personal training, there is something for everyone. Even if you're just looking to improve your quality of life, there's plenty on there for you. All can be accessed to suit your own schedule with minimum equipment, and every session is led by myself on a pre-recorded video that you can follow at your own convenience. So if you've been debating it and you haven't been sure how, then the website might be worth checking out for you. We'd love to have you in our community. www.karmafitnesswales.co.uk Thanks again to the incredible community that allow me to make these podcasts for all of you. Now let's jump into today's episode. All right, we're here for another episode of Know Your Enemy. And today, the enemy at the gates is James Adams. Do you want to say hello, James? Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. Well, it's good to have you here. And uh, me and James know each other quite well. So... Uh, hopefully we'll have a good chat today. So we know your name's James Adams. Didn't yeah. you say that right then, did I? James and I yeah. <laughs> sounded like I'd had a couple of beers. So we know your name is James Adams. Who do you describe yourself as today? Who do you see yourself as today? Um, it's quite, uh, I see myself as two kind of different people because I find with, with what I do, because I'm a builder away from agility, um and my building life is so separate and then my agility life is so separate like they just don't intertwine at all yeah like, i can't talk about agility at work because people like they just don't understand yeah like they just say like on a on a friday all i get is oh you off dogging this weekend yeah I, I so, um, for a lot of people i bet yeah, yeah. Like the customers are just like, what? What the fuck? Are you going dogging? <laughs> so, uh, but, um, so it's quite, but agility wise, I don't know. I still see myself as, I wouldn't say up and coming, but I just, I still feel like I've got a lot to prove in agility. 
Well, it's, um, it's fair that you say it like that, and probably part of the reason why you are successful is because you do see it like that. Because you know we've just done the EOs, and do you want to tell everyone how you did? I'll let you have a moment of uh, glory. <laughs> so, uh, in the team event, we came third. Uh, so, a bronze medal in the team, and then individually, um, a bronze medal. Yeah. So, so yeah, I was pleased with that. Second, second year in a row taking home medals from the EO as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, last uh, last year, EOs, we got a silver yeah. in the team event again. So again, pretty successful couple of years. And you're saying that you're kind of up up and coming, but I would say that most people would be pretty happy with meddling on the world stage. It's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I am, and I am really happy with the medals that I've got. Um, I think when I say up and coming, I feel like. I you mean like under-established, under-established, you've been there long, like. Yeah, and also, um, I feel like I need to do it with a large dog, <laughs> as controversial as that might be. <laughs> and, uh, my water out. <laughs> and you I know it is. Everyone I know everyone in the media might... from small categories in the fire. Yeah, I know, I know. And, um... Don't get me wrong, I love it with mediums and I'll be getting a medium dog again next. Um, but in my opinion, I do feel like large and, and intermediate, there's just, they're, they're like a different kettle of fish. Do you enjoy running one more than the other or do you enjoy running both? I enjoy running both. I just find them very, very different. Um, I find with Willow, I have, I can, there's less to think about as in like, I don't have to worry with her landing spots where like her line's going to be. I know she'll just be on the right line. Um, and then with the larger dogs, I just feel like I have to think about their landing spot and where they're taken off and so much more. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm not saying every medium dog's the same. But, um, no, Willow's a very small one. medium dog as well, though, and she to be fair, and like, she is, she is a very small, like I said, you, you know, yeah, you, and she's a very tight turning dog as well, yeah, yeah. So she's kind of already got more of a chance of finding the natural line. Obviously, you help her. I'm not saying it's just yeah. like luck she falls on the right line, but what I'm saying is, you, compared to your colleague Bay, I get what you're saying, you need to manage yeah. the line a lot more for a dog that's as powerful as she is compared to Willow, who is just. A smaller dog, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. So, how long have you been in agility, and then how how did you get into it? So, I've been in agility, I think around. Just trying to think how old Alfie is. I think Alfie is nine or ten. So, I've probably been in agility eight, maybe eight years. Okay. And um, I got into it because we rescued a rescued a dog from the dog's trust um i had no clue about agility when we got him and i just wanted to do something with him um so i heard about a local agility club and that's where it all started cool okay so you say that alfie was kind of the dog that got you into it then um what other dogs have you got so we got alfie first um and then we got a Labrador. Yep. Uh, so this is when we would really started. Um, but he's passed away now. And then 
Then we got Willow and then Floyd. Them two came quite soon after each other. So Willow, uh, Floyd came quite quick after Willow. Uh, and it's quite a bit of a gap. Then we got Bebe and now we've got Zeppelin as well. Cool. So a few dogs in there. Um, did you yeah. kind of know straight away that you were kind of going to get hooked or was it something that cra- gradually creeped this way? I think it's just kind of who I am when I start getting into something. The moment, like the moment I start something, I just I just get hooked. Yeah. Um, I just can't help it when I when I get into something, then it just becomes an obsession. Competitive by nature, or something you've learned to be? No, by nature. I think over competitive, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but yeah, definitely by nature. I, I can't help it. I just. Yeah, it's just in there. What was your what was your c- competition before agility? What did you used to do? Uh, played a lot of football. Uh, football was the main one when I was growing up. It was just mad on football. I used to do like roller skating and stuff, but obviously that's not competitive. But football was the main thing. <laughs> competitive <laughs> roller skating. I bet you used to do dance yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in the roller discos. Like I can see you in your. <laughs> <laughs> so when you did initially start um if you could go back then and tell yourself one bit of advice that you know now what would you say to yourself uh what right back to the start yeah right back to the start at the, let's not go right back to the start but right back to the point where you thought you know what i actually want to get good at this is this something that you think i could have done with knowing this at that time kind of thing and it would have made probably that- just just take it easy. I think I, <laughs> I, started getting in, I started getting into it. So this is when I first had a uh, Floyd. Yeah. Uh, my red collie. So uh, when I first got Floyd, Willow was Lizzie's. Um, so Floyd was mine. And I just, this is where it comes back to being competitive. I wanted to do everything I could. And I, I just overtrained the boy, bless him. Um, I didn't know. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, so I think just take it easy. Don't don't worry about too much and stuff. Don't stress about stuff. Uh, like problems will arise with the dogs, and it's okay. You've got time to sort it out. Like yeah, I think that's really common though for anyone who I, I can say I was this. I was similar myself. It's like I got into agility. Uh, because my wife fell pregnant um, and I kind of just took over running the dogs because I just w- did it for fitness, really. Uh, mm-hmm. I've seen the video. Yeah. I've seen the famous video. <laughs> the straight arm mafia, like. Yeah. Well, I said, I've said before, I honestly feel that one of the reasons that I got into it is because I couldn't believe how bad I was. Like, yeah. And I'm a competitive person as well. I used to play rugby and football and um I always used to think of it as just a stupid sport people did running around a field chasing their dogs. I honestly can say I did not think it would be hard. Um, yeah. And I did it. And obviously, you've seen the video. It's pretty horrific. And because of how bad I was, that's what kind of got me hooked in the first place. I was like, how can I be bad at that? How How is that hard? And, <laughs> yeah. and I yeah, remember when I first took over, because... The first dog that I ever ran was Amy's, and she and she did all the initial training. Um, and I took over when he was kind of in grade three, 
Um, he, I wouldn't say he was well trained, and I'm not knocking Amy. Um, it, we, you know, like you say, you go back to the start and you don't know what you don't know. Yeah, I was so. super keen as well, and I was really trying to like get everything perfect straight away. And it's like it, it doesn't, it doesn't need to be almost, does it? It's like you can kind no, of no, no, I don't think so. And problems are always going to arise, aren't they? Like yeah. with every dog. Yeah, every dog is different, and as much as it is yeah. a cliche, that is so true because like. I've got two competing dogs at the minute. I know you've got a couple as well and you've trained both of them, but like they run so differently. And as a dog, they're just different. It's like massively. Yeah. Cause people say, how is, um, you know, cops competing at a good level now, ducks competing at a good level. And for you, you've got Bay, you've got Willow Four dogs that are competing at like nearly the top level. Um, both trained in the same way more or less yeah, obviously enough, yeah. a little bit better and you learn a bit more but like they run so different don't they and like every dog reacts so different yeah yeah and you have to handle every dog's so different i think just mentally the dogs are so different mm. um like with willow we really need to jeer up and get her going where with bay it's almost the opposite like <laughs> i just need to keep her a bit calm <laughs> yeah that's the same for me with cop i need to kind of tell him he's uh indestructible and just kind of let him be a little bit yeah. um and then with duck it's like, yeah the other way it's like whoa now chill out a little bit yeah chill out yeah i mean with willow we literally had to like well i don't know if this was the right thing or not but a few years ago i wanted her to be a bit pushier and i was just letting her get away with anything even around the house she could just be <laughs> as, as naughty as she wanted and i just let her get away with it and uh I don't know, maybe it wasn't the right thing to do, but I mean... Well, I'm not being funny. It'd be hard to say, too, it wasn't the right thing to do. You've just won world medals with it, so... Yeah, so, yeah, like, I just feel like you have to try read the dog almost, like, see what mindset the dog's got and play with play with that. Yeah, balance the work, uh, drive to control based on the dog in front of you rather than just a template, I suppose, isn't it? But yeah, again, you I mean, don't know that until you become experienced enough to know it. And often that experience is through failure. I mean, speaking from my own, yeah. like I said, with Figaro, he had all the drive in the world. Couldn't keep a pole up for the first year. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like Floyd, my red dog. He's got all the drive. But because uh, I didn't know when I he was younger, I, I just put too much more drive in there. Yeah. He didn't need any more. <laughs> he was he was naturally Michael Schumacher, and, you Na- and now he's just batshit crazy. Like he's <laughs> fucking nuts. With uh, agility, then, like we talked briefly about, like the success that you've had. Um, do you feel like it's down to the training or down to your handling? Um, I'd have to say with Willow, I'd have to say it's down to the handling with Willow. <laughs> and I'd only say that because she isn't the she's a very very good dog for me um she's not the most best she's not the best trained dog in the world like i think um, you do give her not enough credit on that front and yourself because obviously you trained her because like you always say that she can't do stuff and she inevitably does it yeah yeah i just feel like i don't know when i go out to competitions a lot i'm like oh i've just got to rely on my speed i probably don't need to as much as i do like when i train um with dan who i train with a lot dan will set stuff and she's actually got okay distance yeah she has and, I've seen and, you like, do it. i just don't trust her in competition <laughs> <laughs> but, 
No, I mean, but, um, it's, it, the thing is as well, is like your, the ability to handle is almost like another dog's ability to collect naturally. It's a skill that is going to benefit you. So why would you not use it? No. Yeah, exactly. And Willow, Willow deals with it so well. Like she just, when I push her as much as I can, she just deals with it. And she, in fact, she likes like I was gonna say, yeah, when, she, when I almost overhandle her. Yeah, she thrives off the chase more, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So for you then, with your dogs, what do you see as success? Oh, Da, 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 da. Oh, that's quite a hard one. What do I see as success? Um, People almost like don't want to put it out there. Yeah, I feel like for me, what what I want my dogs to achieve is medals abroad. Yeah. Comparison that's against ultimately. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I'm not saying that like doing well at Crufts and Olympia and the big competitions and getting your champ ticket isn't successful. Like, obviously, that's amazing. There's so many dogs you're competing against. But for me and my guys, I find what motivates me to train them as much as I can and, uh, or as much as they need is the thought of doing well abroad. Yeah, and that's that's... Like I said, a lot of people struggle with that because it's almost as if they don't want to give away what they see as success. But I think it's quite important for you to be able to identify it so that you can plan everything to make sure that it's all going towards that. And like, whilst you don't need yeah. to kind of, you don't need to um, focus on only that. But it's good to have no. that in the in the in the pipeline or whatever you want to call it right yeah and i mean bay's just gone grade seven and i'm looking for champ tickets with her now like yeah. i want that it's not that i don't want the champ tickets and stuff um but the motivation to to train really comes from thinking about like for me eos and world championships they're my big two yeah, for sure. Um, so in agility, then, we've just come back from the EOs. You've seen lots of good partnerships. Um, is there anyone in agility you really, I don't, and I don't like saying admire, because I know as a competitor, you're not going to want to say that you admire someone. But is there any partnerships that you uh, always enjoy watching, whether it be the training or the, uh, the handling or you both? Um. Yeah, I mean, there's so many good dogs and good partnerships when you go abroad. And that's part of the reason I love to go. Even if I didn't qualify the, any of my guys, I would still go out and watch yeah. the EOs and the Worlds uh, because I just love watching that level of agility. Um, Pacific partnerships. Uh don't know specifically. Um, I know when I was like starting out in agility i loved there was a lot of partnerships that i really liked to watch like Teresa and say yeah. um and lisa frick and i found them guys with them too i love to watch how much they actually like ran with their dogs um and i think looking back now it's a lot down to the course design that allowed them to, yeah. to just yeah. run but i really felt they they just run as hard as they could with their dogs um handling wise 
I've always be, I've always looked at Dave as a massive influence handling. Like I always found he's so, so clear. happy with that. He's going to be so happy with that. I know, I know, and I don't really want to say it, but <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, he is. He's so clear with his handling. Um, so yeah, handling wise, definitely Dave has been a big influence. I I can't believe you said that. He's going to be so pleased with that. I'm almost going to edit it out. <laughs> yeah, I think you probably should. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we've kind of been in agility similar length of time. Um, yeah. Even in that time, I would say that as a sport, it's changed quite dramatically, right? Um, yeah. Where, where do you see it going? Um, and how do you think it's going to affect us? Uh, I think it's just going to get quicker and quicker. The dogs are just getting insanely quick nowadays um and the courses are getting a lot more technical um we went through I don't um, know where i did we went through like the gb prep stuff together didn't we and we were like running courses and i honestly thought at one point the judges were trying to outdo each other with how insane the courses were getting with regards to speed yeah. skill technicality layering discrimination i was just like it was. Just, I was almost. Set up, I, I love a challenge. I know you do as well. Yeah. And when we run courses, yeah. it's not about. Obviously, you, you want to go clear. You want to go fast. But like the fun is the challenge of trying to right. Yeah. Um, and I almost got to a point where I was like, I don't even know if this is fun anymore. It's getting stressful. Like where you just yeah. You're, you're trying to like run full speed and handle, and you're trying to avoid a tunnel, and then there's a jump that's getting in your way, and it's just like. I was like, how can this keep getting harder? But I do feel like it's pulled back a bit. I don't know if you feel the same. Uh, for me, I feel like we're going through a patch at the moment where things are harder and going to get harder for dogs like uh, Willow, where I just can't send her away as much. And I feel like we're getting into that really uh, layering stage like all the time we're seeing it and I th I'm, I'm scared because I feel like I'm going to see it a lot at the world championships <laughs> and I'm just like <laughs> I don't quite know what I'm going to do I'm going to have to try figure out a way to get round it but do you remember that uh, getting... do you remember the course we had in uh, the GB tryouts where everyone did that like massive layer and you ran all the way around the dog I had to run all the way around but it worked so well <laughs> for Willow it did work well yeah but I just remember because I wasn't at that when I was uh, watching from home because I was injured. And I remember looking at it and thinking, I think I'd probably have to run around that to make sure that I got it right. Yeah. And then literally next dog on the live stream, James Adams and Willow. And you did exactly the same thing. And I was like, actually, that worked so well. But yeah, you it have did to work well because to... I thought it really dragged them towards the I think it was a long jump before the second tunnel. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It did work super well. And I don't know if I'd have made it, but I definitely would have had to try it because I don't think I'd have got it otherwise. Yeah, yeah. I just knew Willow wouldn't do that. She's just not that dog. Um, but yeah, I just... So yeah, I think things are getting uh, less crazy, but I feel like there's a different type of course coming out now. Yeah, I, I actually agree with you as well. Um with regards to agility, then, as we say, it's, it's changing pretty rapidly. So is there a rule that you would like to see changed? And we'll talk about KC rules. Um, I mean, you can go FCI if you want, but what KC rules would you like to see changed? Just give me one. So the, the, the one main thing that really frustrates me in uh, KC rules at the moment, and, and it is a rule, 
but it's not as in like a rule as in while you're in the ring. But I'd love to see the rules round champ change. And as in something along the lines of the winner of each round should make the final as well. Yeah, I've said that for a while because otherwise if you get either I, one round, there's nothing in it, does it? Yeah, there's nothing in it. And like, I just don't see any negative about that. Like, I just think it would make everyone more competitive uh, in both rounds. Yeah, I think there's a few different things that could change in champ, but um, I don't know if we'll see them. Like the, I, I like it's good the way they do it because obviously they want to push for you've got to be consistent to make it. You know, it's the combination of two rounds. But equally, I think yeah. if you want to get like the best best dogs in the final, you just do two rounds and it's the top ten in each. Uh, no matter what happens, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And then it's the top 10 in each and it rolls down if you get through in both. And then you get yeah. the 20 fastest dogs on the day, which is kind of what champs should be, in my opinion. Because if you're going for consistency, yeah. the amount of times I've had three clears in a champ but been beaten by someone who had like a 10 and a 15 and got into the final and then went clear. So it's not even mm -hmm. about consistency because it's a blank slate. Yeah. You see, I'm getting a bit of. Uh... Yeah, I guess it's how you see. I see. I guess it's how you see agility as a sport because for me, it is who can get around that course fastest. Yeah, for sure. And obviously, you need to be clear with that. But like, if you do it the way that we just suggested, you still got to go clear twice. That's, yep. That's actually probably more times than the way it is now. I know people who get into final with fault in both rounds. So, is yeah. that not even still yeah, yeah. for consistency anyway? Yeah, so, I mean, that's one of the big... Uh, that's probably my main thing that I'd just like to see change. Um, other than that, I, I'm, I'm quite happy with all the other rules, I think. Like, yeah, I mean, um, I'm sure there'd be a couple. I, like, I'd like to see the bitch in season rule change, personally. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think that's um, a, a strange one. I don't know why we aren't allowed to run bitches in season i know i know everyone's reason is because it gets the males distracted but it's kind of like well it's just a natural thing isn't it yeah I, yeah i mean and this is something that can be trained i suppose in there as well um yeah so we're talking about uh agility where it's going courses all that kind of stuff i think that a massive driving force behind where agility is changing is down to course design because ultimately the courses are mm -hmm what the judges designed them to be. So, you know, these judges have got massive influences on, I think, where agility is going. So what judges do you like running under? What challenges, who, whose challenges do you uh, enjoy? Uh, from the UK or abroad? You could, you could do a couple from both. Uh, so really like, obviously in the UK, I think the big ones, Neil, his courses are amazing. I feel like Neil is, the, uh, what? how can I say it? Neil's the uh, closest thing we've got to abroad. Yeah. Um, judges. Um, I just like the, I like the fast courses that really flow uh, and allow the dog to extend and not just nag, nag, nag all the time. Um, and collect just all the time. Um, and just sometimes you just get weird ass lines that just doesn't even make sense. Um, and then abroad, some international judges, then yeah. Um, so 
from Worlds last year. Really like Jan Aglider's courses. Daniel Waltz, I see a lot of his courses um, going around at the moment. They're really cool courses. Yeah, he's judging EOs next year as well, isn't he? Uh, yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah I, so, I had that wrong then. I panicked. Yeah, um, and now Neil is as well, isn't he? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't specifically like or dislike judges. Um, Keen from, I, th I think that's how you pronounce her name, from EOs this year. Yeah, Keena, Keena, something like that. Yeah, Keena. So I'll ask her to say her name when she comes on. Oh, cool. <laughs> um, yeah, I just like the fast-flowing courses. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, I think me and you have got pretty similar views on it, which is. Yeah, I think so. Um, what is your favourite competition then, and then why? Uh, I think, I think it's got to be World Championships for me. I just. What do you like about it? Do you like the pressure? I, I do like the pressure. Um, <laughs> I like the fact that you're all in one ring. Yeah. Um, I like the fact that it's indoors on AstroTurf. So it's, I know it's a consistent surface and it's a consistent weather. Yeah. Um, the, I also do like the EOs, obviously, because you're, I feel like at the EOs, there's, you get all the dogs. So yeah. Obviously the world's got some dogs that can't go, uh, but, yeah, the World Championships for me has got to be the one. I just, I just love it there. I think it's such such a cool event. Yeah, I agree. Um, so, like I said, again, just coming back from the EOS, there are multiple dogs there that are incredibly talented. So, if you could steal a dog from each height, which dogs would you steal? So, in small, I'd probably go probably have to i'd like i quite like a, to have a go with martin's uh selfie yeah show him how to do I, it i feel like if she had a if she had a handler who could actually run quick <laughs> and not fall over she would yeah. enjoy that <laughs> yeah she'd be good with her on two feet like yeah yeah one that doesn't spend the whole time on the ground <laughs> uh in medium or oh, that's a hard one you could skip medium because I know you're competing in there and you don't want to give your fellow competitors that uh, don't want to gas them up a bit. So just <laughs> going to intermediate. Yeah. Uh, intermediate. I probably like uh, Clippy, to be fair. Yeah, I think, classical. I mean, she's she's insanely quick and um, she can just turn on a sixpence. So I think she'd be a really cool dog to, to run. Be cool to try and run her just to see how responsive she is, isn't it? It's like Dalt says a command, and it's yeah. like a magic wand in his hand. Yeah, it's, they're, they're just they're such a cool partnership. Um, and then in large, don't know in large. There's so many cool dogs, and large is where I really find the really like this. It's so competitive in large. Yeah. Um, who would I want to run? Who would you nick from um, domestic competition? I'd really like to nick Shannon's banter. Yeah, he's cool, right? Yeah, he's really cool. I've ran him once and um, he's really cool. Um, I think he's he's such a cool dog and I feel like he's got that level head Yeah, as well that he That's could deal with. Levi, isn't it? It's all the Levi dogs seem to get that. 
Yeah, he he can deal with that, uh, like the handler pushing him as well. Um, abroad, who would I want to nick? I don't know. I really I like a lot of Max's dogs. His his large dog's really cool. Was it style? Is it? Yeah, style. She's really cool. We'll go for style for your large dog. Right, so we are moving away from the agility-specific questions now, but obviously each of the questions that we come into, which would be like the real-life ones, they can still apply to agility because, as you say, agility is part of your life now. You've got, mm-hmm. You kind of contain it in two. Um, obviously, your family are both parts, but uh, agility is one part, and then you've got your work in life as well. Um, yeah. So what do you feel that people misunderstand about you the most? That I, I think people just think that I all I do is run really quick. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think that's, I think that's what people no say. You, no one says to you, "Oh, you're lucky you've got long legs." Yeah, no, I don't get that. <laughs> don't get that. <laughs> In fact, I get the opposite a lot. <laughs> How is he so fast? His legs um, are so small. Yeah, but no, I feel like I feel like people just think that's all I do is run really fast. Um, so yeah, I feel like that's what people that's a that's misunderstanding. Really and I, I look, my dogs aren't the the best distant handled dogs in the world because I do like what I enjoy doing is running my dogs. Yeah. Um but yeah, I feel like they do have better skills <laughs> than probably most people give me credit for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I agree, I agree. That's a good that is a good one as well, actually. Um what are you most proud of then? Oh, what am I most proud? I'm not a very proud person. (laughs) (laughs) And this is something Lizzie says to me all the time, like, oh, you must be so proud of that and so proud of this. And I'm just like, oh, I don't know. I don't see it as a proud thing. I've got things that I'm really pleased that I've done. Um, But is that part of the reason why um, you are able to get to such a level at the stuff that you do? Because you're not happy to settle? Do you see pride as like settling as in like, oh, that's, that's cool. It's done. I'm proud of that. Is that maybe why? Maybe. I, yeah, possibly. Maybe I just don't want to think like, oh, I'm proud of that because it's kind of like, no, you, you've got to keep pushing for the next thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, I am very proud that Willow's, I'm probably more proud that Willow got a podium at the World Championships last year in one of the individual rounds yeah. than I am. Uh, that's probably my proudest moment with Willow. I was really pleased with that individual run. There's a cracking um, run. Cracking run, sir. Yeah, she was really cool in that. So, yeah, if I had to say I was proud of something, it would probably be that run. Cool. And what do you feel then is your biggest failure? And then what did you learn from it? Oh, biggest failure. I've had, I feel like I've had a few. We all have. Um, we all have, my friend. Yeah. Yeah, I remember one of my runs at Worlds last year. It might have... I think it was the individual jumping. I was fucking gutted <laughs> when I came out of there. Yeah. Um, what did you learn from it then? What did I learn? I learned to 
when I'm walking a course, walk all the options, even if I don't feel, so try not just, because at Worlds you get given a course map before you, before you walk your course. And um, the biggest learning curve was don't just think that's the option I'm going to do and that's it. Like walk the other options as well. Yeah. And uh, see how they feel out there. And um, and just, yeah, explore all your options and also try not to take too much advice from too many people. Yeah, I think that's something that we can all fall into as well. And ultimately, the people who know you best are the people who you either train with as a coach or train with as a fellow competitor. And like... Yeah, it's the done thing to do, isn't it? You walk in a course and you walk in it with someone who perhaps you don't train with, and they're like, "Oh, I'm going to do so and so," and you're thinking, "Yeah, that's cool." Yeah, I, you know, we we aren't the same. Our dogs aren't the same. We don't handle the same. Yeah, kind of, you kind of got to like do the nod head, but let the words go through your ears, kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah, and also I think trust yourself. Like when I feel like when you're at that level, you should be, you should know how to run your dog. Yeah definitely you want advice but ultimately you need to trust yourself because if something goes wrong in the run as well it's you you've only got yourself to blame yeah take the opinions of the people who you respect but make the end decision yourself yes. so that there's no regrets right yeah definitely so in life what makes you angry what makes you mad uh <laughs> um what makes me mad uh fucking hell, quite a few things <laughs> I keep it to myself a lot i feel like <laughs> um you're a bubble you're a pop bottle waiting to burst yeah yeah don't <laughs> um perhaps that's why you what makes me mad a lot uh, what ma sometimes when people just give you their opinion and just feel like <laughs> so they don't realize that that is their opinion yeah they, they then pass it off as fact yeah and it's kind of just like oh just stop um <laughs> i didn't ask for it don't tell me <laughs> yeah uh but not no nah, i'd say not a lot of things make me mad more things just make me just go like just question people a lot just like what, what are you about yeah yeah i i, I would say you're not an, like an angry person really actually even when no, no, like no, I take a lot of yeah, I take a lot of stuff and I just like <clears throat> it doesn't make me mad. A lot of stuff I just go really like. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Just yeah, right, whatever. If then we gave you, what's the last thing you bought for under a hundred pound that you like? That is a brilliant buy. Oh, last thing I brought for under a hundred pound. I buy a lot of work tools. You can't, you can't, <laughs> which are a lot. No one cares about your work tools. Tell us something that's good. <laughs> okay. No. Oh, fucking hell. What's the last thing I brought for under a hundred pound? That's a brilliant buy. Probably my stride regulator. Yeah. Running <laughs> that's a good one that's that saved you a lot yeah. you're not running contact courses didn't it yeah because they just wow touch wood 
they seem to be working wonders with her. <laughs> yeah, you take that, don't you? You take it. So one of the yes. new segments that we've got is I ask you a question from the person who I spoke to last. And the person who I spoke to last is Cynthia Horner, uh, American agility competitor with her dog Nimble and Truant. Um, and the question, they didn't, it, it sounds as if this is kind of put on and it really isn't. They didn't know who the question was for. Um, okay. So what they asked is how many hours a week do you put towards your fitness? To my human fitness. Your human fitness. But I can I suppose you can say to dogs as well, because she perhaps actually didn't specify that. Okay, so to for my human fitness, I probably put uh on a seven day week, uh, so including the weekends without if if I haven't got a competition at the weekend, I'd say probably five to six hours a week of my fitness. Yep um and that's a variety of things um and then dog dog fitness uh probably weekly uh, maybe they're quite short sessions yeah because they're like so, well as like the structured ones that you do in the gym like i i don't know if you count kind of like training i don't know if you count walks i mean to me that's exercise isn't it because they do free running. Or... Yeah, yeah, I guess that is exercise. So if I'm talking for a dog, when someone says fitness, away from training and just walking, so just stuff that I'm doing. Yeah, proprioceptive stuff and balancing um, and that. Yeah, proprioceptive stuff, um, just core training, back-end awareness stuff. Uh, probably, I don't know, maybe an hour, maybe an hour and a half a week, split yeah. up into different sessions. Yeah, yeah, I think if you do more than that, they start getting a bit bored anyway, don't they? Mine do anyway. Yeah, yeah, they do. it doesn't take long. Like, I'm looking at 10, maybe 15 minutes a session. That probably is probably more than enough. I think, I think my, yeah, probably 10, for 10 your, minutes a session. For your own fitness then, what type of stuff do you like doing? uh what i really like doing is like the oh what what do you call it like the um so like the crossfit kind of workouts yeah you like, call that? you like metabolic conditioning workouts isn't that yeah there, there you go yeah so like the um that that kind of workout so feel like you're getting your heart rate is getting up but you also feel like you're you're moving a bit of weight as well yeah, the tough sessions, I'll be honest, the programming that I do for you is right up there with regards to the tougher sessions. I often grimace as I'm writing it down. <laughs> yeah, no, they're fun. I, I, well, I enjoy them once they're done, I guess. Yeah. I think it's the feeling afterwards that you do it for, isn't it? Because it's like that feeling of accomplishment. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, yeah, I, I'm definitely. not just saying it because you hear some of the sessions that I programmed you are some of the toughest ones for sure. Um, so that question yeah, was for cool. Cynthia. Um, I don't know who is going to be that we're speaking to next, but what questions do you want me to ask them? Okay, so I feel like my question is, if you were in a international team of four, who are your three teammates? Ooh, I like it. I'm going to make a note of that now. It's a good question. Okay, so we're going into the quickfire round now. Uh, the questions don't require too much thought. It's just a little short round and give people a chance to find out a little bit more about you. Uh, what did you have for breakfast? Okay. Weetabix. 
Nice. Any sugar? No. No. Just warm milk. I like a bit of warm milk. You, you have always been weird. Um, Google. <laughs> What's the last thing you Googled? Uh, Blythe Wells weather. <laughs> Bilf Wells. Can't even say it. Blilf. How <laughs> Blythe Wells, isn't it? Bilf. It's Bilf Wells. Bilf. The L However, the, the strange the Welsh town is pronounced. That that town's weather is the last thing I googled. <laughs> uh, when did you last sing, and what song was it? Oh, every day in the van, um, and it was um, "Close the Gates" by Zach Bryan, I believe his name is. It's a yeah, country song. Yeah, classic bit of country. I like it. Do you believe yeah, in ghosts? No. Nah. No. Any tattoos? A couple, yeah, yeah. I've got quite a few tattoos. You got any more planned? Yes, yeah, I'd like to get some. I've got um, a really shit one on <laughs> one of my arms that I want to get covered up next. So you're going to cover it up? That's the next one is going to be a cover-up, is it? Yeah, it's going to get that get that covered up, yeah. If you had a superpower, what would you like it to be? If I what? Sorry, I missed that. If, you had, if I gave you a superpower, what would you choose for it to be? Oh, what would I want? What I'd quite like to fly, really. Yeah, lots of people think that one. Lots of people go for that one. Yeah. So I've just said to you, if I give you a superpower, but in this scenario now, I've got one. And uh, my superpower is I've got Dr. Doolittle type vibes, and I can allow you to speak to your dogs and they'd understand. Right? So I'm going to give you that power for 10 seconds, and what would you tell your dogs? I think I'd tell them how much I love them all. Yeah, I think it's a common one, and it's it's the one that it's like it's what we all panic about, isn't it? Are they happy? Yeah, are they happy? I, yeah, I think I just. But then part of me, I don't know. Yeah, I definitely tell them how much I love them all. You should tell B this bit on the contact. Hit it. Yeah, and Every... yeah, and to stop knocking fucking poles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know those white bars that go between the gates. Don't touch them. Leave them. Out. Go over it. Yeah. <laughs> Not through it. Go over it, not under, yeah. Well, perfect. James, thank you so much for coming on, Jiminy Bobbany. Um, is there anything you. that you want to plug or anything that you want to kind of promote before we go or tell the people? Uh, do I want to plug anything? No, I don't want to plug anything. Just enjoy training and competing your dogs. Nice. And have fun. Happy days. Well, that's us job done. So do you want to say goodbye? Yes, goodbye. Thank you for having me, Kurt. Thank you for asking me on. Cheers, Jim. See you later, guys. And that is the end of the podcast. Thank you for taking some time out of your day to listen. I really hope you enjoyed. If you think you might know someone else who would enjoy, feel free to pass on all the information and share the podcast with them. And get involved on any of the social media platforms. It really helps the podcast grow, and I really appreciate it. See you in the next one.